0: Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one earthly page of Talmud every day. Today's pages, Yevamot 104 and 105, get right to the heart of a discussion we are having all too often these days, a discussion that, like so many of our public conversations, is too often too crass and too simplistic and too loud for its own good. I want to read you a passage from today's pages of Talmud, and then introduce a very special guest. Here, here goes. Uh, as Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Shimon bar Rabbi Yehudah Nasi were sitting outside the house of study, immersed in Torah learning, one of them began and said, "One who prays must direct his gaze downward while praying, as it is stated by God with regard to the Holy Temple. And my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually, meaning the Divine Presence rests in Eretz Israel, and one must direct his gaze to the sacred land." When praying. And one of them said he must direct his eyes upward because it is stated, Let us lift our hearts and our hands toward God in heaven. In the meantime, Rabbi Ishmael, son of Rabbi Yossi, came beside them. He said to them, What are you dealing with? They said to him, With prayer, as we are debating the proper posture for prayer. He said to them, My father, Rabbi Yossi, said as follows One who prays must direct his eyes downward and his heart upward in order to fulfill both of these verses. A reminder that we must always keep our eyes attuned right here on earth where the actions required to make real change takes place, but also our hearts attuned to heaven. A few weeks back our beloved friend and teacher Rabbi David Beshevkin wrote about precisely this matter, specifically in regard to the phrase thoughts and prayers which is being denigrated by some as some kind of cheap replacement for actual concrete action the piece appeared in the wall street journal we will attach it in the show notes to this here episode but it gives me now great pleasure to welcome back to the show rabbi david beshevkin to share with us this beautiful essay
1: hello rabbi beshevkin thank you so much Liel. and this is what i wrote Many Americans are understandably tired of prayers to end mass shootings. Familiar platitudes such as thoughts and prayers to the families seem hollow when offered without clear policy proposals. But the presence of prayer preserves the urgency for action and has since America's inception. In 1865, amid the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln was inaugurated to his second term as president. He delivered one of the shortest but most memorable inaugural addresses in our nation's history. Fondly do we hope, he famously said, fervently do we pray that this mighty scourge of war may speedily pass away. Lincoln, of course, did not stop at prayer. A little over a month later, he oversaw the Confederacy's surrender to the Union Army but he couched the U.S. mission of victory in the language of prayer because those sorts of words transform a political cause into an existential need. Prayer is the language we use to express our most urgent and essential desires. I don't pray for lower gas prices. I do pray for the end of school shootings. While it's understandable to be frustrated with those who offer such prayers, attacking them for it alienates many, of all political persuasions, who find comfort and urgency in prayerful words, turning the important debate over the proper course of action in school shootings into an inquisition on prayer, only makes it more difficult to conduct that discourse. Political conversations, particularly on emotionally fraught issues such as this, are already eroding. Politicians must present real policy measures that will meaningfully address this crisis. But what's gained by attacking their use of prayerful language? We don't need a moratorium on prayer to stop school shootings. At the same time, prayerful people must be careful that they don't let this sort of pessimism rob their words of earnestness. I once heard a story about a group of Jews who gathered together in Jerusalem to pray for rain during a drought. As they prayed, one child innocently looked up at everyone and asked, How come no one brought their umbrellas? Our prayers to end school shootings need to be serious efforts, accompanied by actions appropriate to the hope that our petitions will be answered. Lincoln reportedly said, I have been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. The random murder of children has once again driven our country to its knees. And perhaps it is this frustration that we again find ourselves here, with seemingly nowhere else to go that has created a cynicism and aversion to the vulnerability that prayer represents. But this most human instinct should not be cast aside just because we are rightfully impatient with the intractability of our political ineptitude. It's when we're forced to our knees that we need the language of prayer most. Yes, we should emphatically call out the absence of action, but prayer and its attending seriousness are part and parcel with taking action. So, fondly do I continue to hope, and fervently do I continue to pray, that this mighty scourge of gun violence may speedily pass away.
0: Rabbi Beshevkin, as always, we are blessed. your presence. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you
1: so much for having me, Liel. My absolute pleasure.
0: This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Libowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller.